Welcome to the MCO Advisors Podcast. In this episode, Corey and Ryan discuss understanding what marketing friction is, how it functions, and how it relates to demand and lead gen. And we're back. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about marketing friction. I was battling with this title this morning. I'm not sure if anybody watches the adjust the little adjustments that get made when I can't exactly decide what I want on a post. I tried to do it the night before, but there's no inspiration there, so it doesn't come. And that's usually why I'm late. But today, uh, on my mind recently with building the website, really something that I think we both care about and think about all the time is marketing friction. And I think this will be more of a high level episode, although I think we can have some granular specifics and give some examples. Uh, I kind of want to give everybody the mindset of how we think about marketing friction, a little bit about what that is and why we care about it so much. Yeah. Um, great topic. When so, we so. start to dive into this, um, let's not dive in granularly quite yet because that's what we're dealing with in the weeds right now when we build a new website. That's the granular extra click, extra movement that's you know very refined. Let's start at the gatekeeper level. And uh, that probably backs into lead gen and uh, demand gen. And we don't have to have that conversation again, but let's have the conversation about giving it away versus requiring some asset from somebody for it. Yes. So keep it high level, but give a, a basic example that I put on the post this morning. And my example was that if you create a Facebook ad and you have a PDF and it's called five tax opportunities for retirees, I notice most of the time, if we talk to somebody, they say, look, I have this great white paper. I have this piece. I put it out. I asked for an email address. And even sometimes it's not, I'll send the PDF to your email. Sometimes it's, I'll send the PDF to your email, as well as as soon as they go to the thank you page, they let them download right away. And they said, they're giving me my email. I'm giving it to them right away. But the friction to me is the email. So as my first example, that, that's where I would say, and what you're saying, which is, why don't, if, why don't you just give that great piece away uh, as a piece of content, even if you're spending money on it, but just give it to people, let them download it right away consume the content and if it's good enough and if they need you then they'll reach out but 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 ryan how do i then follow up with them as a lead and my point is somebody downloading or somebody giving out their email address we look at i think old school way as a heavy piece of intent as a strong piece of intent towards they must want my services they must be a retiree they just downloaded my my white paper. And now I think, I mean, I give out fake emails if I want free subscriptions and want to get through things so I can see what's on the other side if it cases it. If somebody has a brand, I'm usually giving up an email. But giving an email just randomly on Facebook for any reason, uh, I, I notice the people who do that just do it all the time. Most of the time, they don't even remember what they downloaded, why they downloaded. Or they download something, you send it to their email, and they never check their email. Because they were they were ready to consume something, but instead they put it in, they forgot about it, you know, and that's usually what happens. So I think it's more powerful to actually give somebody take away the friction, so they have the ability to consume the content and actually read the thing. 
you may only have five people who read the paper right away versus maybe like 20 people who give your email thinking they're getting something special, but they never really cared and they don't end up reading it. Yep, Scott, great comment. We'll come back to this. I don't wanna derail the conversation, but I appreciate the comment. Um, Ryan, let's stick on this real quick because I think this, this means so much and has so much value. Um, one thing that I peppered with people when I was in corporate is you guys have one shot with email addresses. And if you, if you F it up and we unsubscribe, the consumer unsubscribes, you never know what you lost on the other end of that. And what I mean by that is Ryan just said, I'll give out fake email addresses. Most people don't, we might have one or two other email addresses that we just don't use like the old hotmail address or whatever, but most people don't check that. So that's a Bobo email address, right? So that one doesn't matter. But the point is, if I want to buy something and you all, and you promised me a 25% coupon, but I've never bought from you before, I might give you my email address, but I'm taking the coupon and I'm unsubscribing to you quickly because I have no interest in being followed up with and put through your lead gen funnel and, and all of that. And when I unsubscribe, you have theoretically, you've lost me as a lifetime customer because even though I might want to buy your service in the future, you're never going to be able to get in front of me again without paid advertising. Like you've, you've, you've blown it. And that's something that I think a lot about. Like if you get someone's email address, it's sacred and, and, and treat it as such. So that's just one aside I want to put on this conversation. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, uh, and, and I, 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 I mean, I don't know. I, I completely agree. And I think it's how I function I, I think about how I work. And I know not everybody is the same, but mapping my own behavior and other people's, uh, I think an email can be nice. I know some brands that I look into it and I will check it out either out of support or whether I am interested. So I'm not saying that all email is bad, uh, but the idea of trying to collect it rather than producing the content. And I think the difference can be for us, we know it's a long-term game, but our goal <laughs> is to build an audience. <laughs> yeah, I'll answer that. <laughs> so that's, that's how I feel. It's the goal is to build an audience because I know that an audience is much stronger than an email list. And even though you can't necessarily see it, even though you guys are sitting here uh, and, and, and commenting, even if nobody was and we didn't have the numbers and it going out, I believe in the fact that the, the power of the content and the audience that we're building is something that you can't necessarily see unless it starts working. You toggle with some metrics in between to try to grab some type of consistency, but really it just kind of ends up working. It has to be something you're confident in, feel like something you're good at, having a good message, and you do start to feel it. You feel the progress. And you know, I don't want to jump completely, you know, into Scott's comment, or maybe we could just turn it to that because that's it's it, it got me thinking. You know, I, I want to wait on that because I think that's a, a deeper conversation. Which uh, Scott, I didn't take that as you being a troll at all, so don't worry about that. Um, no, no, I, I don't want to. The reason I don't want to put it off is because I think it leads into you know lead versus demand and putting out enough information. Scott, let me let me tell right, you. Let's this. do it. Let's let's yeah. let's do it. Let's not put it off. I we have somebody who who said to us. I've been, I watch your show and I think if you're doing this at a high level, then I wonder what you can do for me one-on-one. -on -one. And he said, I watch your show like religiously. Every day. That <laughs> is who 
we look for and who we work with. And that's why when we spoke or whenever we talked or on the email, you know, I even said, I mean, do you even want to do this? Uh, it depends on what kind of marketer you are, how much you believe in it, how much you want to work and, and, and what you want to do. It depends on your goals. I mean, we have people with hundreds of millions who want to get to a billion. We have people just trying to make it, trying to go up, but they're all growing. And I think believe in marketing and what we're doing and trying to put, you know, put the time in to grow and, and build this side of their business. I would so, say, I would add to this, like, this is totally not a commercial. This is just how I think you and I talk backstage. And, and we talk to our members, frankly, our service is meant for people that are willing to kind of heed the advice and put in the work. And it's not for everybody. And, and the one thing I will say, though, Scott, like that Ryan pointed out that several of our members, they're like, we watch your show all the time. But then I joined because I was like, well, if I watch your show and you're talking at 20,000 feet to all of us, imagine how granular and what we can do when we work on a one on one level. So you know, just echoing Ryan's point there, but I don't know, our service isn't for everybody. I mean, we've talked to people, uh, you know, a handful of times as like the pre join call. And it's like, it just, it might not be a right fit. And that's, so I think bouncing back and forth and trying to make a decision there is, is just a human thing. And that's, that's okay. And we're here for it. I mean, we're here to give you the free advice three days a week. And if there's more that, that you think we could provide, you know, we're here. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, I just look at it too. Like, like I said, giving it all away for free and giving the information and pushing out that vibe to everybody and building that audience and that aura is something that I believe is what, how you, you take something unscalable and you start to at least have the capability of scaling it with the audience that you've developed. And that is very, very, very difficult to do by collecting leads and emails and names and phone numbers because it depends on your follow-up. If you have a string of emails coming that's going to sound automated and generic, even though it's specific, maybe towards those people in Medicare, especially in your position, it still, I think, sounds a little automated and generic because you don't know who the person is. So you keep it vanilla and then the message comes out. And now you're speaking a vanilla message to somebody with low intent. And I just think it's a game that we get caught up in spending too much time and money on. And why I'm comfortable putting this out is because I know that maybe there's people who can't watch the show every day. Maybe somebody catches, oh, right. Like we have a lot of members too. I caught five minutes of it, or I caught a little bit of this, or I caught the tail end. I'll rewatch that one. Maybe they just watch the ones with the guests. It just depends. So some people are obviously don't have the time to sit here and watch the show. So they are, they're using us to supplement and save that time and plan. Uh, some yeah. people watch every single show and still work with us and say, I heard these five topics this week, but how does that apply to me and my business? And that's how we bring it down to the ground level and, and why it has to matter to you. You have to like what we say and you have to listen or you're going to be upset. And that goes for anybody. If you know, tr I, I always say try us for a month. Sure. Because I would like to make the extra money and I think you should give it a shot. But at the same time, it's like, I want you to believe in what you're doing because wasting money sucks. And I don't, and I don't want to spend time on somebody who's like test driving us because they're worried we're not going to be valuable. That already yeah. starts off in a bad place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're looking to uh, be proven to versus, you know, jumping. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I mean, let's, I, I just don't want this to be an entire infomercial. I, I actually do want to talk about some of that friction and gatekeeper uh, mentality because I think, we live in such a world of abundance and there's 
so many people putting out free content right now that if you just circling back to the newsletter thing, the, you know, receive my free white paper, my insights, but you've got to give me an email address for it. Like I could literally open up a new tab in Google and Google the title of your white paper and find five of them for free that no one wants my email address for. So I think I can go on YouTube and find a five minute video, a seven minute video, a 30 minute video, a one hour video on taxes and retirees. And with all the information in the world where people can find it for free, that's why we're taking away the, the friction and, and, uh, and trying to um, make it easier for people to consume because we're in a consuming world and people get to make their own choices. We're in a Netflix, give it to me now. I want to binge like immediately. And I think not, not adding into that human behavior in general, this can be in your, this can be in business processes and marketing. I just notice it more in marketing, but allowing people to move at their own pace and consume your stuff just gives you the much higher probability that they actually listen to your message. And then if your message is good, that's when stuff starts hitting. Yeah. If you're focusing on, um, Scott and don't, there's no need to apologize. All good conversation wasn't derailed. I mean, no, I'm not at all. I actually love the question. I, I appreciate it. it. It adds all around friction and why we do this. Why would you give so much away? Why, why it, it, it's not completely tied together, but it's very, very close in again, demand generation, how we feel friction. It all leads into why we operate the way we do. I think, um, you know, Andy Panko is a really good example, right? Look at his web, his uh, YouTube page. He's basically talking about the most common financial services topics that there are. Um, and he's got a ton of great videos on it. Now, he has a lot of attention on that page and he's been giving it away for free the entire time. Now, if he put that behind lock and key, sure, he may have gotten some people to be able to pay him $15 to get into his service and check it out. But what he's been able to do for free is grow a brand and a business and, and create awareness. And I think that's just a formula that works. I, 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 the lock and key thing, you and I have batted back and forth a million times and we always come back to ground zero. We're like, uh, no. Yeah. Why? Like what, <laughs> what, are, what are we doing this for? And what does this mean for the person who we're trying to reach? Because if we're not thinking in terms of that individual, then we're thinking about ourselves. And while we have to build business processes that I believe are sustainable, we have to figure out a way around the friction on the end user and, and try to figure out a way. Like I would much, now I'm realizing that while I wanna grow the business that I want, and I want it to be simple because I think simple translates to the other side, I would much simple, rather scalable. put weight, yeah. I'd much rather put weight on myself than the end user. I'll do an extra click. I'll put somebody's name somewhere. I'll enter information in MailChimp manually before I make somebody fill out a contact form that gives me all of their information, just as that step they have to do of joining as a member. So I, I think about that. And um, I think a lot of those things can automate and we're figuring that out, especially with the new member website, which hopefully is launching the end of this week. Um, but it's, uh, it's something that I think about all the time. I mean, friction is, I think is always on my mind, even, if, and I'll go as far to say this, when I'm talking about friction, I'll say, I don't, I don't introduce myself in the beginning of videos as an advisor. I would, you can pop your name up, but I would take that away. I think there's three seconds where I know people may be listening. I guess it could be in the car or something like that. But I always think like, I'm, I'm even wondering if that's necessary. We're on your page. Usually it's LinkedIn or something. We clicked for you. We're not finding it in space. 
it's somewhere specific. It's your YouTube, your LinkedIn, your whatever. I don't even think people need those three seconds of you saying you're this, a financial planner and this. No. It pops it's, up. It's there. People know they're watching you. Speak to the people. Speak to your audience, not to the first person who's seeing you for the first time. Speak to the person who's been watching you for the past year and honor them by just moving on with your content because they already know who you are. Couldn't agree more. It's not, hi, my name's Corey Keating and I'm da-da-da. Uh, yeah, guys? and um, I'm yeah, the CMO at Marketers Company. No, no, no. It's, what's up, guys? It's Corey. I wanted to, yeah, right. You just jump right into it. You, the yeah. salutation's great, but it's three seconds. Um, let's get granular here for a second. Uh, talk to me. One of the biggest friction points that I see with advisors is on their website around pricing. Thoughts on that? Um, and, great, and, great point. Yeah. Put it out there. Just put it out. If it's, it can be difficult if you're heavily commissioned because I didn't even know how I got paid at LPL at the end of the day. I mean, you can look, but it's, it's, it's all over the place in, in a way. I mean, it can seem simple, but it, I guess it depends on the business and where you are. But if you have, you know, mutual funds, variable annuities, fixed annuities, you know, you're doing uh, AUM with SAM accounts, which is advisory. You're just, you almost are like, how do I put all this on my website? Uh, and I think I would just put it into sections, which would be what your AUM is. If you have one, if you're advisory, at least put that up there. If you have a planning fee, post that up there and then say any commissionable products will be disclosed in full amount before we move forward with any decision. Something That's how I would blanket it. But I think everybody should, uh, should put their prices up there. You know, if, um, if they're, you know, I just think it should be. Absolutely. There should be some dollar amount. It does not need to be a New Jersey breakfast diner menu right. because that to your point is going to be changed on everyone's circumstance and, and asset level and, and product. But right, right, there right. should be something tangible for your audience to chew on when they visit because pricing and then contact us for more without any dollar amount is friction, like it or not. And and we don't behave like that. They like just we just want to know. Yeah, we, we as consumers, like they want to like get it. over the own shock of whatever that is, what, they're in their head, they think it's more, they think it's less. The people who thought it would be a lot less leave and the people who thought, you know, more jump in, maybe they're excited, you know, you never know. So I think putting your prices out there absolutely decreases friction. It's the, it's the good advisors finish first. It's the showing everybody, telling everybody, you know, what you make before you make it, I think should be the bare minimum as an advisor when you're speaking to people. So if you can, in a neat way, I don't think you should be afraid of putting it on your website. Not not only not be afraid of it, I think you should lean into it because um, we have to map our own behavior. This just goes back. Like if you guys come visit the MCO website and it's like, call us for more information. You're like, all right, do these guys charge 500 a month? They charge 50 grand a month? Like, what is it? Like there's, you just, you lose so much of that follow through with the lack of clarity. Yeah. Uh, and I think where we fall into that category too, with what we're doing now with the website and thinking about opening up website and services and things like that, I think we feel comfortable with creating that floor of saying, look, this is where we start and our price. And I like to think about it like this price is two things. It's value. And it's also qualifying the amount of work that you want to do for somebody. So I would say feeling comfortable with maybe a $1,500, $2,000 financial planning price means that either somebody has the means to pay you when they see that, or they know that they have enough going on and enough questions. So you have enough planning. Not only does it give you your 2000 but it gives you the opportunity that you're really looking for after the planning, which comes from the AUM, the possible insurance, 
you know, and, and, and setting somebody up on their 401k, which could lead to a big win for you in five to 10 years. Yeah. Ryan, let's tee this one up from Nick. Cause it's a question that you've been pushing on. Um, I'm going to let you answer it first and then uh, I will jump in with my thoughts. I'm battling with this too. I'm not going to lie. One of the things I've liked about one website, and I think it's uh, the Sasha group. I can't remember if it is. You scroll through and wherever you click up top, it takes you to the one page. And it the basically answer is both. navigates one. The answer is both. Okay. That's where I was going with it. It's both. So I, I like the one page and the header that leads through the one page. I think that keeps it really smooth. If you can put it there, it helps you navigate. Because uh, because in my head, honestly, I keep thinking less is more, keep it simple. And we keep trying to think of what can we take away up here because it feels too busy. And we think about having that homepage landing. I'm, I'm literally thinking about that in, uh, in real time, Nick. And I don't know what capabilities we have, but we'll be doing both, I think, because of possibly what we have to do. But also, um, do you think it's a good idea to let people navigate that way? Like people appreciate their, their own pages? I'm, I, I said both because I believe in both. I don't think it's either or, I think it's and. Um, I do think the continuous scroll forever, I don't like. I, there has to be an end to it. Like, don't just, like, if I'm scrolling and scrolling, it's like, you're not reading, ESPN. button, yeah, reading, yeah, button, not that, no. not that, yeah, not, no. But, but website, like a real website, like just ours, our, all of our pages in a row, in sections, yeah. you're scrolling. Now, down. I will say that some of your pages have to have more depth. And when you're scrolling, you're, you're, you're trying to cram a page inside of that banner area, right? That, that, that one screen area. Um, for that, I do think it works to write learn more or more. I think the button on the scroll um, is fair. So it's a blend. Um, and I think that's where the world is going. And I'm a big fan of it. I don't like choppiness, but I also don't like and you can scroll the whole thing forever because then you yeah. can't ever you can't find what you were where you were with Kajabi. Could we ever build a WordSpace website and then connect it so that's just the membership that signs in, or do you have to go through Kajabi? Do we know that? You could always build a WordPress site that then you go to log or go to join and it brings you to somewhere else. But okay, you're I mean, yeah, well, might I, as well build one in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what I agree with that. I, I like the idea of it. And I think I felt it just felt smooth when I when I seen a few of those websites. Um, and I one of the things that I can say we were talking about friction. I'll give you guys an example with our website as well, where I noticed on Kajabi in some of the places when you jump to the join pages or you're at the checkout, it doesn't give you the even the option for the header because they're like, oh, you're already checking out. They don't need to travel anymore. But I think people should be able to navigate as much as they want. They want to see the price. They want to object again. They get to move around. Now they have to either go to the foot or hit the back button, which I don't appreciate. I think that creates friction. So there's sometimes you feel like you can't navigate around things. And sometimes you just have to deal with stuff. But that's why I'm, I'm also bringing this up as why I think about that all the time is, uh, is thinking about that that customer experience and what how should people be able to move at, in terms of content website? Do you know how I know that where we're headed with this conversation is right? Like the old fashioned way of building a grocery store or building any sort of store framework was that you funnel people right into that cashier. You funnel the behavior and, and you and, and then you price your items properly that that are in front of them at the right times and then you put them to the cashier line to pay and, and to check out. I know that we're on the right path here, 
in our conversation because Amazon's attempting to do away with that. Go into the store, take whatever you want, leave whatever you want. It's a continuous loop. Do whatever you want. There's right. no funnel. And websites mimicked the grocery store and the digital world mimicked the grocery store and have for 20 years. And we've all built these things to funnel people through the, the, the checkout page. While obviously checking out on a website, you actually have to check out. To your point, there should not be a funnel and a, and a friction uh, a, a corral to put people through. People should be able to come, go, do what they want and, and take their items wherever they are in the, in the process. And um, something I'm thinking a lot about. Uh, and I think, you know, that's it, it all. I felt like the whole last decade, this, the word funnel was the, the, the thing. It's the thing. Everybody was like, how do I fill my funnel? How do I it, it put Monetize. people in there? How do I improve my funnel? And I think that what we lost sight of was like, what, how do we, rather than building, I guess, a, a, a funnel that we thought of, how do we build a frictionless experience for the end person so they get to create their own funnel i just yeah. create the the content and they they create the funnel they create the experience and the path to me they can go whichever way they want you can you can navigate anything we have and and, and test out all of what we we have to offer and walk around and taste things and see and then if you want you lead our way to either our messages or our website. And we either get a contact or we get something that says somebody's interested. And to me, that's our funnel that we that 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 we created the show and then the end consumer created their funnel and brought to us. And that's yeah, why I'm right, big right. on talking about messages and things like that. Big fan. I, I totally co-sign that. Um, I think we all I think I think, yeah, I think we did a good job speaking on it. Do you have any other examples or anything else you're, you're thinking about in terms of friction? I wanted to keep it high level enough so people took the concept away, but give enough examples so that people understood when I'm thinking about it and realize it's all the time. I think friction on a global level is just a conversation that I like having because I, ch I challenge everybody. And it's this, this is behavior that started at the asset management, investment management level. And like everything, the entire industry copies the big cats and then it trickles down and then they're already moving on to the next thing. And now the fallout is that advisors are five years behind. Give it away for free. All of it, all of your content, give it away for free. The value, the, the content and the products are a commodity. You and your service are the value. It's the opposite of the way we were all trained. Like there's nothing you offer. There's no product you're going to put any of your clients in that is so proprietary, that is like, that that is so special that you need to be even talking about. It's you. And that is why we give everything away for free, give all the content away for free. You is is the value and that's what they're buying. Yeah, brand, brand builds the funnel, brand builds like the opportunity and brand increases price. I mean, having that frictionless experience gives you the opportunity for everybody to get to know you and for you guys to see us sitting here. And then you all get to decide and sit here and think, do I want to work with these guys? And I think that just goes a lot farther than if we would have spent money to try to do LinkedIn ads and reach you on a webinar and try to get you in and then drip campaign, put out a video every once in a while, and hopefully talk to you through our through email and, and getting you to sign up through a call to action. I think that process uh, I think branding is slow, but I think that that is slow. 
and painful and it doesn't brand. And that's why I think a lot about friction and how we do things. And, and it works. It's been working. Like we're not where we want to be, but we're super young. Six months of growth and attention is, I think, impressive for where we are. And that's why we try to help people uh, with how to do it themselves because we believe in it so much. It's not just the reason people do it the other way is because they think they're buying something tangible. They put out money to place an ad and then a tangible an email address comes back as a lead. So that feels like it might not be working to the capacity you want it to work, but it worked in the first week, the second week, the third week, it's actually working. Like what you ten- intended to do is generating a result. Whereas brand three months, four months, five months, six months, it takes so much longer and that's the challenge. I mean, that's a wildly different conversation, but that's the challenge. I'm about to steal a Gary V thought because he posted recently and he said a video that I just happened to catch on LinkedIn as I'm scrolling through. And he says, I don't convince anybody of anything mm-hmm. and why I love content and what we're doing and the audience and trying to produce is that idea. Exactly. I'm not here to, I, I'm not here to convince you social media works. I'm not here to convince you to work with us. You will convince yourself with the value that we can provide and I can answer questions, but I'm really not one for overcoming objections. I look at objections as your hesitation based on how much you know about us. So I look at it like normally when I'm speaking with somebody, you know, you, you, can, you can tell right away how they feel about us and what they want to do. Uh, and I just think content provides that ability to where you, you can be confident in that, that I don't have to be a killer salesman. This is what we do and this is who we are. And you get to see it three times a week and and throughout content on YouTube. You can listen to our podcast if you miss an episode while you're working out. And you know everything else that we'll do from here on out is just, it allows us to be confident in who we are and not have to convince anybody of anything. And your financial planning practice could be the same. Yeah, it's home run. Couldn't agree more. That's a clip. Kristen, clip it. Clip it. Um, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, got some stuff to do today. I want to get Kristen on here. Do you want to talk to her? Do you want to talk to Kristen? Yeah, I think we should. I, I right. think the conversation around um, the future is uh, one that I want to be involved in. Yes. Yes, I agree. I agree with you, Scott, to end that note. Um, I am not one to stop what you're currently doing, unless I think it's a real waste of money. Like if there's an ad spend or something that I see in a, in a newspaper or magazine that I think nobody's reading or whatever. But I know a lot of people who are collecting emails and still making money. And my idea, I guess, is the, is the scalable side of it and have people coming in. But you're right. I mean, uh, it's, not, it's not always completely turning something off. And I'm not one to say that lead gen doesn't work. And it depends, I think, you know, how you're doing it. Because you can have a really good newsletter. You can have good content. You can put out a great webinar for Medicare that somebody actually watches. And then you put out human emails that interact with them. I think there's a right way to do it. So it's a, it's a good point to- I don't think that we ever- is not, not, not for me to say, and I, I, again, I focus on what we do, but I'm not, I don't want to sit here and say that that never works. Do uh, we, I mean, I, I hope that we're not on the record for saying- lead gen doesn't work because I, I i hope i haven't said that i if i have i apologize um i'm big on and i know we're big on everything works it's just does it work as well as or is it worth spending the money on versus x right like a radio ad works if the radio ads 2100 bucks i would say i'd rather spend that 2100 bucks on facebook ads 
a billboard works. I'd rather spend the five grand on I-95 somewhere else. So that's how I think about it. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Um, and again, uh, you know, just putting a, while we're here, just having this chat, like I think about the barbecue situation. Um, no one ever pulls up to the barbecue and is like, you've got to work with this guy I'm working with. He put me in this large cap Templeton fund. Like you have to, when you call him, ask him about the large cap Templeton fund. Like you have to be involved in this. That, that conversation is what leads to a movie on HBO. Like <laughs> that is not a normal, that's not. So when I think about um, the commodity in your business is, is the product because the conversation at the barbecue is actually, you've got to work with my guy, John, like he's the man, he'll take care of everything. Like you'll feel so comfortable that that's the conversation that's having place. And I think that's where brand building uh, needs to be an emphasis. Absolutely. Absolutely. A uh, few things to uh, get done, few housekeeping things. I think we should have this website almost up and running. Do you think Friday? Should we put a stamp on it? No, I don't want to because we, there's a lot of clicking and testing yeah, and dummy so accounts cool. we have to kind of go through. Um, Adam Share on Friday. Yep. Um, Adam is a uh, proctor or educator, I guess, at uh, the Boston Institute of Finance, um, helping advisors, you know, uh, get their CFP. So this will be a fun conversation. I think we can dig into him on some of the things that he sees, some of the challenges advisors have, and and um, get some a different perspective, a different look at the industry. Yeah, cool. I'm excited to talk to him. I don't know him, so it'll be nice to meet him and hear what he has to say, especially coming from there. They were a third party uh, at LPL and great group of guys over there um, that I know some of the the teachers have been around for a while. So it'll be cool to talk to him um, and get some of the, get some of his insight. I'm excited to talk to Adam. Yeah. Um, yeah. You and I have to iron some stuff out about the website, uh, newsletter specifically. Yep. Um, oh, last thought, uh, Eric, William guys, thanks for the, uh, for the in comment commercials. Appreciate it. Appreciate it guys. And uh, I also appreciate the little back and forth. I, I didn't didn't necessarily address it as much as I should, but the email addresses um, have been uh, have been great. So, <laughs> what is this, Nick? Collection, Utah Thor, sexy kitten twenty four, <laughs> Thundercat. Great, great emails. Um, if you're looking for uh, a free uh, subscription, don't use those. Nick already has them. All right, guys, we will talk to you on Friday when we speak with Adam and we'll wait to announce next week. Next week, we have a special guest. If everybody's still here, we have a special two guest, guest week, right? two guests next week. Yeah. Special guest on Wednesday because of scheduling and how it had to work out. We had to pick Wednesday. We still have our regular Friday guests. So it's going to be two. Monday will be us take off Wednesday and I'll announce it on Friday after Adam. Uh, so you guys know who will be coming. It'll be exciting. And possibly the first time he's ever been on LinkedIn Live. Because I don't think anybody will go through the technology necessary <laughs> to make it happen. I'll explain later. Uh, take off Wednesday morning, 9.30 to 10.30. You guys will want to see that show. And we will cool. see you soon. Cheers. Have a good day. Thank you for listening. We hope that you find value in this show. We hope that you find value in MCO Advisors. You finding success means everything to us. 
If you found value in this show, please leave us a rating. Thank you all. Talk soon.